0: 2005, two brothers hit the road to chase demons and fight monsters. After 15 years, they made television history and built a community of dedicated and lasting fans. I'm Rob Benedict. I played God, a.k.a. Chuck Shirley.
1: And I'm Richard Spate Jr., and I played the Archangel Gabriel, a.k.a. the Trickster, a.k.a. Loki. And in later years, I stepped behind the camera to direct a bunch of episodes.
0: Though we've been involved with the series for years and multiple seasons, we never sat down and watched the entire show.
1: Until now, Rob and I are going episode by episode, watching each and every one, and we're diving in with the folks who made the show to bring you an insider's point of view and some great behind-the-scenes stories from the writers, producers, crew, and actors.
0: And along the road, we're becoming fans. We've heard you saying it for years, and we finally get what all the excitement is about.
1: We'll definitely be hitting on some spoilers, so you better be watching with us or look
0: out. This show holds up after all this time and deserves to be watched and rewatched. Thank you for joining our journey and listening to Supernatural Then and Now. Hey, everybody, I'm Rob Benedict.
1: I am Richard Spade Jr.
0: And this is season four, episode nine. I know what you did last summer.
1: I know what you did last summer, Robbie. Let's not get into that kind of conversation. Yeah, let's not. Stay on point. This is about the show. What's
0: the title of the episode? I know what you did last summer.
1: Christ on a stick. It's because I told
0: you. It's not a secret. I hung out with the family. Why are you being so weird? Oh wait, I see what you're doing. You know, after watching the episode, it should have been called "I Know What You Did the Last Six Summers." It's really, it's (laughs) they're, they're going back in time. It keeps saying, flashing the screen, six years ago. Anyway, but we'll get into that first. Let's do the summary, eh?
1: Let's do it. Take it, Robbo.
0: A young woman, Anna, is being interviewed in a psychiatric hospital. She speaks about the impending apocalypse and that Lucifer will return if 66 of the over 600 seals are broken. When a demon tries to kill her, she escapes using sidekick powers. Sidekick powers? Psychic
1: powers. Oh, I thought you were like sidekick, like, you know, her buddy. Hey,
0: ooh, watch out. Meanwhile, Sam and Dean are with Ruby. And she tells them about the woman named Anna who is being pursued by demons. The brothers head out to find her. They arrive at the hospital and question the doctor. He tells them about her rants, uh, you know, about Lucifer and the apocalypse. The brothers inspect her sketchbook. It contains images of the seals that have already been broken.
1: Somehow, when you say the brothers inspect her sketchbook, it sounds dirty. <laughs> I
0: know, it felt dirty.
1: As soon as you said that, I'm like, Robert, <laughs> stay on point.
0: <laughs> also, I had the image of an actual seal. <laughs>
1: I can't think of the musician scene.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sam and Dean are able to track her down. She instantly knows who they are. She admits to them that she hears the voices of angels and has heard them talking about Dean and their savior and that some of the angels don't like Sam. A demon named Alistair shows up. Sam's powers don't work against him. Dean recognizes him from hell. Anna is frightened because she can see the true faces of the demons, even Ruby's. However, Anna escapes with Ruby to take her to safety. Dean is curious why Sam trusts Ruby so much. In a flashback to when Dean was in hell, we see that Sam tried to make a deal with a crossroads demon. Lilith releases Ruby from hell with instructions to kill Sam. She instead kills the demon, accompanying her. Sam demands Ruby return the body she is possessing. She complies and returns in the body of a woman who was in a coma on her deathbed, who just happens to look like Sam's real life wife. Right. Sam then accepts Ruby's help in learning his powers, and in the process, Ruby seduces Sam. As he gets stronger, Sam decides to pursue Lilith. When he confronts her, he gets defeated and is about to be killed when Ruby saves his life. Sam tells this to Dean. Back in the present day, Ruby, wearing a new body as a disguise, warns Sam and Dean that demons are closing in on them and gives them the location of Anna— Sam and Dean head to a cabin and meet up with Ruby and Anna. Someone is closing in. They believe Alistair has found them. However, it's Castiel and Uriel who demand that they hand over Anna. The angels tell them that Anna has to die. And then we're we're really truly in a to-be-continued.
1: Yeah, they're not firing blanks this time. It's a
0: two-parter. It's a two-parter. I wonder if it was a, it was, was this, uh, was the next one the end of, First half of season four, is that what's happening? I don't know. Oh. Well, it's a two-parter. Um, it's a two-parter. It's the first half of a two-parter, Rich.
1: Okay, Robbie, nice job of the summary, even though I'm more confused now than I was after I watched the episode. But hey, whatever. Now it's time for our
0: Rob and Rich review. Okay, so I liked it. But I, I would have – the flashback was a, a big chunk of the episode. I, it felt like my my summary. It felt like we were we – we're we, there was a lot of information that was being – so first we got Julie – the lovely Julie McNevin, who I love so much. Um, right. And she's uh, killing it as Anna. I'm very curious about her. I'm very interested in this character. And then we do a detour where we've got Sam's – which I think is I know what you did last summer part of the the episode was like – we see we finally get to see how he met Ruby and what that whole thing is. But it felt almost like two separate episodes, if that makes sense. Because the flashback yeah, was such dude, a huge it was, chunk.
1: I, I completely agree. If there were so many moving parts in this yeah. thing, and they would leap to a different storyline, yeah. and I was like, whoa. I, I kind of felt like they had a... Uh, they had an awful lot of filling and not enough tortilla for this
0: particular burrito. Right, 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 right. And really... <laughs> the,
1: like the, like t- and really, tomatoes and ground beef were spilling out everywhere. Right,
0: and really it just wanted to be a taco. Yeah,
1: yeah. know, I mean... And, you know, the moments... Obviously, I love Julie McNevin. I love Mark Ralston. Yeah. Dude, Yeah, Mark Ralston as Alistair is just... He's just he's so good. creepy. So, like... And Robert Wisdom is so good. So, it's not like... We don't have a bevy of unbelievable actors doing cool. Yeah, work. you do. Yeah. It's just the story is confusing.
0: Yeah, I just, I just honestly, I wanted to kind of stay on Anna, and I almost wanted the the backstory of Sam and Ruby to be a different episode. Yeah. Um. And I also, with this episode and the next episode, which will, uh, well, will be the next podcast you listen to, I wonder if there was a note from from the the, uh, the higher-ups like hey we need more sex in there like all of a sudden there's like a full-on sex scene which is just is not supernatural it's just we don't have that women taking their shirts off and and having, no, having a romp yeah.
1: it was it was really trippy and uh yeah yeah
0: but you know it was it was, it was as as you know as jared's friend it was interesting to see <laughs> like oh that might have been the moment where he's like oh, i'm gonna marry this woman
1: exactly yeah, dude. I you know I just thought it was uh...
0: just fine. Look, I, I'm going to speak at the, about the positives. I I really love Julia Mcniven. I, I I'm always a sucker.
1: She's outstanding. I mean, yeah. I'm not just saying no. That it's have really, it, now all become. It's buddies. great casting. She's
0: great. Yeah, it's great casting in the episode. She's she's intrigued. You, you know, you want to find out more about her. She seems troubled. Um, and she's she's like she's so pretty in a in a really unique sort of like angelic kind of way. Like you could see what she sort of Anna eventually becomes. It makes sense. Yeah. But she's also could be like the crazy uh, psychiatric ward character. So, yeah, I, th- I thought she was just fantastic. And, um, you know, and it was, it was fun to see Genevieve on the flip side. It was fun to see Genevieve do more because we really haven't yeah, got to too. see her.
1: Genevieve was also great. Like I said, the individual performances, I'm to say that 10 times fast. The individual performances were great. Mm. I, I love mm-hmm. everything that Mark Ralston's doing, everything that Robert Wisdom's doing, mm-hmm. Genevieve and Julie are fantastic. So it's great. I just thought it was, the episode's a bit of a mess. I just
0: love it. You know, it's it was cool that Ruby, the demon, the demon itself, who's a very, uh, well, you would get the feeling that Ruby, that Ruby, the actual demon, is not a very attractive person to look at. You know, when you see Anna's reaction, when she's like, ah! But Ruby has such a, a good... A talent at finding the hottest women to embody. You know what I mean? It's just wow. It just so happens. Kudos, Ruby. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I guess we gotta get we gotta get to the facial hair component of this whole thing. I wow. We oof. he you know, gosh. Um, I'm gonna say, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm giving it an Eddie Rabbit. <laughs>
0: Google that, everybody. Google the Eddie Rabbit.
1: Eddie Rabbit is sort of the country music version of a George Michael. It's like a, like a couple days growth, neatly trimmed, you know. To compare
0: uh, Eddie Rabbit and George Michael, <laughs> George Michael's turning over in his grave. Eddie Rabbit...
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Eddie Rabbit, Mr. I Love a Rainy Night. Look, Eddie Rabbit's... Driving my life Eddie away. Eddie Rabbit's Eddie Rabbit. Please. But
0: George Michael had a very... Well done.
1: So does Eddie Rabbit.
0: Two days growth. Eddie Rabbit looks like he just rolled out of bed with a, a couple empty bottles of whiskey, smoked a cigarette, drove...
1: That was his brand. <laughs> He's a country music star. Um. Anyway, I'm going to the Eddie Rabbit. You can't talk me out of it. Eddie Rabbit, because yes, it's a beard, and yes, it's uh, covering the chin and the cheeks, and yes, it's uh, groomed, but it's not that thick and not that long and nowhere near a stapleton. That's uh where I'm going to this. All right? right.
0: Eddie Rabbit, uh yeah. I mean, you know, I I gotta admit something, you know, who I thought you were talking about who's the guy who just uh, who who died maybe five years ago. Charlie Daniels? No, Eddie Money.
1: Eddie Money didn't even have a beard.
0: Exactly. That's why I was like, I don't understand Eddie Money.
1: Oh, <laughs> Eddie- I love ready Night means nothing to you, does no. it? My golly, thing.
0: Eddie Rabbit! I just, just looked it up. Uh, he had a very, very handsome beard. Everybody, it's uh, it's actually yeah. Thank you.
1: Handsome. Everybody else knows.
0: Um, All right, see. Okay, let's see if I can do Eddie a reference Rabbit. that uh, people will actually understand.
1: Um, oh, listen! Come out of the yurt. Get out of yoga class, Eddie Roberts. Uh, Eddie Rabbit's Americana.
0: So is Eddie Money.
1: No, you're not wrong about that.
0: So, look, I'm gonna give it the growth of my 19 year old son, who can't quite grow a beard yet. Ooh.
1: That's a smackdown. That is not a ringing endorsement for this episode.
0: And uh what I mean is
1: I appreciate your honesty. What I mean I, I don't disagree. What with, I mean is it's,
0: it's 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 someone who it's he's he means well, his his right. face means well. It's gonna be a great beard someday. But right now it's just not quite there. It doesn't quite know what direction it wants to go. And that's
1: So we got an Eddie Rabbit and a Calvin Bennett well, yeah. first ever Calvin Bennett. Who's who's,
0: the- who's my favorite person in the world, but as to in terms of hair growth and 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 what I wanna be really clear, like I think all the parts are there, it just doesn't it's too much uh and it doesn't quite know what direction it wants to go and i just i do wanna say as a as a as a I love overall arcs, and I'm really happy that we finally got to the backstory of why Sam trusts Ruby so much and what that what all that all means. I just wish it had been its own episode, yeah, um so that's 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 that
1: yeah that's that uh
0: That's that. But the highlight to this episode was our friend Julie McNiven, who really uh, stole it and uh, and stole my heart fifteen years ago when I first met her, and uh, I have the uh, pleasure of calling her a friend.
1: There's not a restraining order that could be printed up that would keep Rob from loving this woman. I uh,
0: I was, I was. (laughs) You're such an asshole. I was at her wedding
1: in the parking lot with a long lens camera. Exactly.
0: Nobody knew I was there, but I was there. Uh, and then at the reception, and again, disguised as a winner in the wedding suite. Uh, no, uh, and uh, she wearing your throw pillow outfit. (laughs) Uh, she has appeared on numerous TV shows, including Doom Patrol, NCIS Los Angeles, Stargate Universe. Mad Men. She's so good in Mad Men, man. She's great in Mad Men and Desperate Housewives. You can see her in such TV movies as A Date by Christmas Eve, The Neighborhood Nightmare, and The Black-Hearted Killer. Julie studied swinging trapeze as a teenager at French Woods Festival of the Performing Arts. I had no idea. Well, we'll have to talk more about that. Ladies and gentlemen, Julie McNimmon. We're so pleased to have with us the lovely Julie McNiven, who played Anna on the show. Hi, Julie.
2: Hello, hello.
0: So it was really fun for us to watch this. And For me personally, you know, you I think you might have been one of the first people I met in the convention world yeah. outside of, because yeah. I remember my very first convention, I am backstage about ready to go on, not knowing what this is or what, the pan, what that even means, looking up at the screen and you're on stage having a panel. I'm like, oh, it looks like she's... She's doing a good job, you know, and you're She's like the first alive. person. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so it was fun to see your your introduction to the show, both these these first two episodes we watched. And so I guess my my question is do you remember what your audition process was like?
2: Yeah, I remember the I had an audition with Robert Ulrich just in his office with no camera or anything. I'm pretty sure that was what they used to call a pre-read.
1: Right. Right. Uh,
2: <laughs> back in the day. That. And I did that, I think it was two scenes the hospital scene where I'm like off in my own world. And I remember his, you know, you can always tell when they really like you. Cause there's that, like, almost like they're, they're not breathing for a second.
0: Right. Mm. And then
2: they kind of just, you know, there's that, there's that moment that we've all yeah. witnessed in those yeah. beautiful auditions. Um, yeah. So I was like, cool. And then uh, the callback was at WB with, I don't know, probably 20 girls ish, maybe less. And Eric Kripke and Sarah Gamble were there, and we got new a bunch of new sides. So I knew that I was turning into an angel, and you know, same thing. I I just felt like it's always nice when you have auditions where you're just like, yeah, like this is my role.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you were, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's a great, you're, you're great so good. It, you're, it's, I kind of feel
1: like we should yeah. kick the interview off by saying, in your absence, Rob and I were talking about this episode. And you're just so good in the role. I mean,
3: we're yeah, fans of your you. work
1: anyway. Obviously, we love you as a human, but like I, you know, watching on Mad Men and, and Doom Patrol, and you're always good in everything you do. But this is just thank an you. iconic performance for you. It's so good.
2: And I think I think what makes it really special for for me is before this role, there was for for my professional career it was just Mad Men, which is not just Mad Men, but <laughs> Mad Men was extremely hard because it's one line an episode. Right. basically. And you're the whole time you have that other voice in your head going like, make your cue. What's your cue? Okay. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Go. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and you just don't want to up because it's, you're so walking that line of like, they could just not use me ever again. If I fuck up, cause I'm taking too much time. Right. You don't yeah. want to take time when you're, when you're a character that has one line or two lines an episode. So this was like where I could take time. I could fuck up. And no one cared and we would just keep going. And it let me kind of like, like be able to actually enjoy myself more and not be so scared.
1: Like settle into the role and the process.
2: Yeah. Um, And And then to have them, you know, I, I was booked for two episodes. I, I died at the end of the second episode. So as far as I knew, it was a two, it was a two guest star appearance. Yeah. Um, and so I think, and I think they most likely were just using that as a test. Like, does she have the, you know, talent to to go further in this role or not? Right. And if yeah. I didn't, then they would have just had it two episodes and it would have been fine. So it was really, really, really nice to feel like I earned the, the extra episodes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. No, it's a great feeling. Did you know about the show before you were cast? We oh, I
2: did. I watched, no, I hadn't seen all the episodes, but I had I remember when the pilot came out because I was in New York and I was living in Queens, in Woodside Queens, with three girls in a two-bedroom. So I was sharing my loft bed with another girl so that I could pay $385 a month. Wow. That's great. Jeez. And I remember watching the pilot in that bed and being like, awesome, this show's cool. And then I didn't have a TV then. So it was like, I don't know how I watched it, but I watched it somehow. And, uh, and so I didn't see any more episodes. I don't think until I booked it. And then I was up there for like three weeks and we had many days. It was like, thanks. Was it their Thanksgiving? I think. So we had some days off and I think I just watched like seasons. I don't know. A few seasons. I just caught up and I was like, okay, this is. Like even more awesome than I thought. Like this show's good.
1: I can tell you. there there is a. We've gotten a lot of answers to a lot of questions, and there's a lot to unpack to the answer that is. I did. I watched the pilot. I didn't have a TV, um, but I (laughs) but I watched the pilot. I'm like, there's a mystery that'll never be solved. (laughs) Like,
2: well, it was way back then when you could watch something on your computer that you really weren't supposed to watch.
1: Oh, right, right, right.
2: But somehow I don't remember how, right. somehow I was able to watch it. Sure.
1: Now it makes sense. So
2: yeah, yeah. You're one of
0: those. <laughs> yeah. And then you were up there for three weeks, and there are a lot of great uh other actors in these, these two episodes, like Genevieve. Mm-hmm. Did did you uh hang out with any of them in Vancouver? Oh, yeah.
2: Jen and I, I feel like we like immediately became friends. We had so many scenes together for the three weeks. We would walk and get coffee, and she had her dog with her, so we would hang out. We went to the movies like it was really lovely to connect with someone right away and I mean, Jen's awesome, so it was great, yeah,
0: oh, that's so great. yeah. and you guys have some kind of fun stuff together especially yeah. in the next episode yeah was was what let's chat a little bit about that what the relationship between Ruby and Anna did you guys you remember like sort of working that out or just you kind of just interpret it as you go?
2: I don't remember any I can't remember like any detailed conversation. I just felt like I felt like she just like was so like Ruby was just annoyed that she had to like babysit me.
0: Right. And like yeah,
2: she just had some attitude. And I was kind of I think Anna was just not worried about that because she's like, My parents just died. I can see angels. Like I don't think that was like a worry of hers at the time. I think she was just thrust into this new world and was just trying to stay on two feet.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are great together. Like, it's not surprising to me that you, you know, hung out when you were there. Yeah. I, I always think of that kind of thing, too. I'm I'm like, wow, you're in the back to back. So that means you're up there the whole yeah, time. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's yeah. a big chunk, which is, by the way, in that phase of life. Fantastic. It's yeah. so
2: great. Yeah. It's so it was so great. I miss that. I really do miss it's hard. I mean, obviously now I, I wouldn't, even if I did book something that was shooting for three weeks, I would be coming back. That's what I'm sure. just it It's definitely kids. the pre-parent
1: it's... world you live in. Yeah. In those moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a question because you talked about watching, you know, a lot of the show once you got up there. Yeah. Your show, your episode is mythology heavy. It's really dense with mythology. In fact, I think yeah. for us who are watching this series, one episode at a time, this is the first episode That becomes really, I mean, they've been flirting with these overarching stories, but there was still kind of a monster of the week element to some of these uh, previous season four episodes. This is the first one that has nothing to do with that. It's all mythology. It's all building the angel storyline and demon storyline. Right? Did you have to get brought up to speed by the writers? Did you you have to do research? Was there anything that was like, I got to fill in these gaps before I can pull this off? Or was there enough on the page where you felt like you could just use that as your guide?
2: Yeah, I just used what was on the page. In fact, I didn't even like, I actually felt like I didn't know really anything going into it. I think sometimes clearly I was just right for the role because I literally went in. I didn't even know, like, I, when they, you know, when you arrive, they bring you like right to a fitting. Right. So you go right to the fitting and they're trying the clothes on me and then they are getting out these panties, bra. And I'm like, okay. Like, sure, I can be a method and like wear anna Anna panties. (laughs) I did I'm because I just came from Mad Men where you literally wore, you know, undergarments that were period piece. And I was like, maybe, maybe that's a thing that I didn't know that, but maybe wardrobe people give you underwear and bra. That's funny. And then I kind of asked a few more questions and they were like, no, this is for the next episode. I hadn't even didn't even know that I what was in that I had never read it. I I, did I didn't get it until later. So I didn't know I had a scene in the car in my panties. Weird that I'm saying panties so much. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do think we should trademark Anna panties.
2: Anna panties. I, mean, that,
0: I think that that's that'll um, sell. They have a right little lace, but
2: not too much. She's <laughs> a church girl. Um, yeah, so I kind of went into it just completely innocent. And naive, which was kind of perfect for the role.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well,
0: and also, you know, you, you, no, no one tells us anything as actors. No, like, no. N- honestly, that does not surprise me. You go in and they fit you for whatever your undergarments. And you're like, uh, what? And they're like, oh, you don't know. You know, like, yep. or they're like, this works tomorrow. I'm like, I'm working tomorrow. I mean, right. literally, you're the, you're the last one to know. Yeah. these I
1: things. know. That's, that's yeah. funny. When you were doing that, like you're showing up, you know, how everything shoots out of order. Yeah. Do you remember what the first uh, sequence you shot was? Like what was your first day of work? Yeah.
2: So the very first day of work were, was just photos in a church with my parents. Oh, they were actually my parents, but they were, you know, people they hired to be my parents for the photo that was going to go in my home. Oh, right. Yeah. On, I noticed On that. the fireplace. Yeah. Uh, so that was the first day. And then the second day, I remember very clearly because it was a night. It was at night. Obviously, most things on supernatural shot at night. But I must have started work at like eight. It was already dark. And uh, Jared and Jensen were finishing up a scene in the hallway, or so in one of the rooms at the old haunted Riverside. Uh, what is it called? The oh, Riverview Hospital. Yeah, r- r- Riverview. Oh, right. right. Riverview. Yeah. Oh, right. So they were already in the same area shooting a different moment, and they were wrapped. And then. There's this long, you know, long haul and the whole crew is saying goodnight and and they're shaking everyone's hand and calling every single person by name. And I kind of, that was like just a moment that I, I will, I won't forget because it's in that moment I knew that the leads of the show were, were like good human beings. Right. And you know, your leads have to be good human beings to have a good time. Yeah. So it was like, and I didn't know this at the time. I had never really had enough experience to, to have those not as good experiences, and then to have Supernatural, which I think we've all said is it, there really isn't. I really haven't had an experience like Supernatural, ever. Yeah. But that does. I mean, every every show is different, and there's been obviously great experiences beyond that, but it's just different.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. They,
2: seeing them say goodnight to every single person after working probably a 16 hour day i was like yeah. okay right. i'm in good yeah. hands here like i yeah. i feel like this is going to be a good experience did you meet them yeah. in that moment mm, maybe i th- i probably did i just i don't remember meeting them i just remember seeing them do that walk
1: so then you 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 see that and you realize ah this is that's a great sort of template yeah. for what what the future holds for me because these guys are obviously good dudes and then you're yeah. then your first actual scene you're shooting
2: my first scene shooting was the demon in the hospital like that kind of fight or movement that oh, we yeah. had where sure. i'm like off in space and then he, the 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 dresser comes towards me and the. You know, guy turns into demon eyes. So that was my mm-hmm. first, and then I run into the hallway. That's a super
1: cool sequence, by the way. This is super cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: you know, I I actually I did not do my homework. I, I have not seen this. I've not seen my episodes since they aired.
0: Yeah. Oh wow.
2: Yeah, but I do remember shooting it. So yeah, it was fun and cool. Um, and and you, you've been
0: answering these questions for fifteen years now, right?
2: Right, right. No, actually, I think I said to I said to Jensen. I saw him at. Um, in an England con a few months ago and I said Jensen you have no idea like you get to answer all sorts of questions but I just talked about our sex scene for 15 years like <laughs> I, I, that's literally like I. and I was like I don't even remember much of the actual shooting I just remember what I've said at previous yes. cons right,
0: right?
1: and so
2: that's like you know that's what I do I'm paid to talk about the sex scene
0: just hold that thought we're coming right back
3: You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality. And yours. So, answer the call, and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and Twelve Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments and r&b singer nc gray there are worlds realms dimensions and realities beyond yours Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance, and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic, and secrets. In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, Offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit seekanomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Here it's magic.
0: hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. It's funny because i as as I was started to watch it, like when you first you just kiss him and then and then then you're in the car with him. And I'm like, Oh right! I've heard Julie answer these questions. Like I forgot. Right, of course she has. And then, like
2: three minutes later, it's over, and you're like, "I know." It just kept going. There's a lot of that's. There's and, and, you a know, lot we, of scene there. Yeah, it's
1: certainly. Yeah, and we, we talk we, about yeah. it. It's nothing like what Supernatural had been doing previous to. It's, it's not normally
0: no. in this kind of show.
2: I, I and it kind of felt like I mean, so Jared's was in this was in episode nine, right? And yeah, then, exactly. D- yeah, and then yours I is in the next episode. I think episode. it was like. I think, you know, the creative team knew the audience wanted this. Mm-hmm. So they were like, yeah. all right, this season, bang, yeah. bang.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no put, no um, pun intended. Get those no boys out of those shirts. <laughs> Come on, chop, chop.
2: Right, yeah. And, yeah, and and I kind of, I don't think I knew it at the moment. I knew it later, and I was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, at least my character wasn't just that. I wasn't used for
0: No, that, no not, not at all, you no, know? yeah, like, I a had a great
2: storyline and,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, both you and Jen. I mean, it's very yeah. You know, she had a whole season
2: of yeah trickery.
0: Yeah, it was
1: yeah. great.
0: I, mean, um, I see what you mean. Like it would, it would, it would
1: have a different impact on you as a performer if that yeah. was your only use. But you, your right. character is so so deep in its backstory right. and, and so involved in in the revelation of this new sort of angel universe that Lore. we're exploring. Yeah. yeah, it's really really yeah. fascinating. And
2: mm. and so going into this scene in the car, I, I told this to Jensen. And so he was extremely, uh, protective and turned the, you know, the camera on the, um, turn the camera on, on the, on the monitor. So I could mm. see not the camera, the, the monitor around on the, the
0: monitor camera. around. Yeah, so you could yes. You can see what they're saying. Uh, so that yeah. I,
2: I would feel, so she was like, you, you need to take charge. So he, right. he just encouraged me to make sure I was comfortable with the shot. That's um, good. and at that mm-hmm. point I was like, I don't want to take my bra off. Because I did it before, and I felt so I wasn't ready to do that, so we didn't, and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it's because I said I don't want to do this, and that's all I had to do.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and I didn't
2: know that. I yeah, and
1: I tell you that doesn't it doesn't at no point watching the very intense and very long scene did I think about your bra. You know what I mean? Like that was not part of the story at
2: all. It was much more about the you know the handprint on his. You know, I mean, I I love the the. You know the weirdness of doing a sex scene. It's already weird enough, but then you've got like you know half the car is gone, right? So we're just in the back seat, but there's no other part of the car. The camera's there, and then Video Village is like way across on the other side, and the directors, uh, you know, saying like, "Okay, now, now kiss, now move down and uh, put your hand, place it on his chest slowly." You know, it's like they're walking you through a porn scene. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: And right, it's bizarre, but you're yeah. just like go with it and it it turns out that people obviously loved it and no one thought it was you know inappropriate or or uncalled for or anything so it was it was yeah it ended up being totally fine and and really thanks to jensen just kind of being like you have a voice like you you can you are the one that makes the choice here
1: yeah and that was really walk away from that scene feeling good about it
2: I mean, I don't know if you could ever walk away feeling good, but like I felt like I felt like at that point in my life, I unfortunately I needed him to give me permission Hmm. to speak what I wanted to Mm -hmm. say to stand up for myself. And now it would not be a problem. I could be brand new on a set with major movie stars and I would be like. So yeah, I'm not going to do that, but I can, you know, maybe move this. Like I would be totally fine. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. still one that never wants to, to rub any feathers the wrong way. But I think in right. those situations, especially now, we are given, we have been given permission to do what we need to do to feel comfortable.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, there, are, there are
2: TV movie stars that that will have sex scenes, but they're like, I won't kiss. Yeah. Okay, they'll make it work. They'll figure it out. Like that's right. possible so yeah yeah.
0: now what about so uh with this the first episode that you're in it's 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 really the other part of anna the 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 non-angel part Mm -hmm. that is perceived as cray cray
2: yeah cray cray Uh,
0: had you played uh very many parts like that that were crazy or or, no 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 because you do it really really well like you you, i think i just have
2: a good like dazed look (laughs) (laughs) like there's nothing inside Uh. um (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I, I mean, really, truly, this was like, really, I didn't have much experience before this,
0: man, it's, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it really hit all these beats in your character. So, so well. And so clearly it's, it's yeah, really, it's and
1: a complex journey. The character. Yeah. yeah. Too, very it's complex. brilliant
0: casting really. Um, but yeah, you do, you do that really well. And they, thank it's you. funny. They, they mentioned, the boys mentioned uh girl interrupted.
2: Yeah. Thank you
0: girl interrupted
2: i will say there was one there was one scene that i before you know before i had a reel and i wanted to put together some scenes so that i could present them to agents in 2004 like probably on a dvd um no one probably watched them but one of the scenes i worked on was actually a scene from a tv movie starring elizabeth moss and she is really she's always she's been an actress forever she's so good at playing slightly crazy people uh yeah. Just yeah. Like slightly unhinged or more yeah. unhinged. But yeah. she does that really well. And yeah. uh, so I remember doing that scene for, you know, working on it and doing it as like a a self-tape thing. But oh, that's, that's really all I think that I I had done that was someone that maybe was having mental problems. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, you do a great job. You, you do a great job every every facet of this role. Thank you. And I'm glad it was a positive experience for you. It was certainly unique in in character design. And and again, I know you get asked the question a lot, but that intimacy scene with uh, Dean is unlike anything the show had tackled before, right? except for the previous episode with Jared. So they, you know. Right,
2: right. But although it, it was, but it was also too. very different from my memory of it. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I feel like the energy with the, the sex scene in episode nine is not as intimate am i right or wrong with that it's more like ravenous oh,
0: it's more ravenous yeah and, I, and this yeah. one is
2: more yeah. like this is my last night i get to ever have sex yeah like can we maybe
0: yeah totally totally and so it's like right. it's
2: an actual i don't think they like fell in love i just think it was yeah. like yeah yeah why not
0: <laughs> yeah the, the sam and yeah. ruby sex scene is very much like hey let's get married <laughs> There's something about it, right? (laughs) Let's have three. Let's have three kids. Julie, thank you so much for
1: doing this. Thank you. uh, You're a you're a personal favorite for us, obviously, because we're a huge fan of you.
0: honestly, Julie, I'm I'm being I in my mind, I was like, I think I've said it on air before, but I'm like, I can't wait till we have like like Julie McNiven, like you know people that I enjoy that I like, and getting to see your work was a real treat.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Because we spent so
1: many years knowing you and. Knowing your work, but not really dissecting right. it, not really looking at it this closely, it's been a real treat. Well, I need
2: yeah. to go dissect some of your work, so to make <laughs> No, <it. laughs>
1: don't waste your time. Go, go play with the kids. <laughs> the better things to do.
2: Well, it was so Thank good you so to see much, you guys. I love you, you too, both Julie. so much. I love you too. Uh, I need to get back on the con ring so that I can actually yeah. see you in person.
0: I know we would love to see you in three D. Yeah. yeah, I was really bummed that England didn't work out for me because I, I got sick.
2: I know, but
0: we'll have another one come. All up. right,
2: all right. Love you both. Bye, Julie. to the
3: family. Bye. Hey, there's Jensen. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Uh, but we need to pull over for a second for some messages. And I got to take a leak.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? What would you do? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, watch Supernatural? Maybe all the above. Or maybe it's that thought that brings in a sense of panic. I mean, the question is, what time for what? If time is unlimited, how do we use it? Sometimes the hardest time for people who work every day is the weekends. When people are faced with a choice if I've got this free time, what do I do with it? If this rings true for you, maybe therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy for many years now, and I talk openly about it. I still go to therapy um, about once a week. And it's just such a nice time for me to to have that free space to to try to figure out who I am, really, and what I really want and what makes me happy. It's super important and often neglected taking this time. If you're thinking about starting therapy, get Better Help a Try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. So All you do is you fill out this brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then, oh, get this, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, because they want you to be happy. That's what this is about. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SPN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SPN Hey guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. That's right. Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel, the one and only Marvel, has a mobile game. And it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force, is it's a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Dr. Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters and you complete missions and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources and then you beat other players in a PvP, player versus player mode, such as Alliance War or Real-Time Arena. So as, we, as I record this, they're enjoying their six-year anniversary. So you know what that means, free stuff. Free stuff just for signing up via the unique link in the description. So the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week. You take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date. So don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user, so please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode.
3: Thanks for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. Yeah, She's the best, man.
0: She's like... What a uh, delightful so great. human being. That was not awesome. Not even
1: just actress, just her presence on the planet is lovely.
0: Well, and yeah, and I have to say, too, like, uh, she doesn't age. Does she not? She looks no. exactly the same. I know. Uh, some people, no, you know, no, we no. have on it, not to name names, but like Richard and Rob, but you, you, you look at our faces and we're like, whoa, boy, that's been 15 years. You know, but...
1: No, you, know, look, you look at us, you're like, wow, Father Time didn't just roll past. <laughs> he paused, took a look at them, beat them senseless with some kind of limb or... <laughs> Log, and then moved on. <laughs> but you know, time na- natives presence now. Yeah, Julie With looks
0: exactly the same. Uh, yeah. She has a, a very angelic face, too, which, you know, again, it's brilliant casting. Anyway. Good
1: casting. Good casting. And great interview. Thank, thanks to her for being a part of this. And now it's time to do the thing that I like to do, and you also like to do, and everybody likes to do, because it's called Mythology! Mythology.
3: Mythology! Mythology!
0: Generally, angels are thought of as Judeo Christian and have visited a number of people to deliver God's message. Here are eight ways people have reported communicating with angels, Rich. Number one, in their dreams. Number two, feeling and physical sensations, a kind of hunch or spider sense.
1: Number three, verbal communication. Hello, angel. Direct words and
0: conversation. Number four, nonverbal sounds. <laughs> 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 or songs, music, and chimes.
1: I like the grunting method myself, but whatever. Uh, number five, mental visions. Seeing visuals. Oh, Ooh, Ooh uh, like, a, like a sort of ethereal appearance of an angel. I think I see you, but do I? I don't know. Ah.
0: Number six, symbols. As in, it's a sign from God. I love the definitions of all of these. It's great.
1: These are good. Number seven, Human. Or animal intermediaries. Ever had a goat tap you on the shoulder and say, I got a message from downtown? (laughs) That's probably an angel.
0: (laughs) And number eight, Hollywood actors and actresses, including Misha Collins, Richard Spade Jr., Matt Cohen, Erica Sarah, Emily Holmes, Ian Tracy, Roger Aaron Brown, and Michael Landon.
1: Damn right. (laughs) This is a good one. Michael Landon, best hair in the business. I said it then. I'll say it now. Pa Ingalls. That, so there you go. That's all the mythology we have for you. If you're experiencing any of the uh, of the elements we discussed, consult a medical professional. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> anyway, that's that's how it all happens, and uh, that's how the angels come and talk to you. And that endeth this session of mythology, 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 mythology. And if
0: mythology. that wasn't fun enough, now it's time for fun. Fact! fun fact. Uh, the title is a reference to the 1997 movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer.
1: Wait a minute. You're saying the title of this episode, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is I Know What You Did Last Summer, is a subtle nod to the movie, I
0: Know What You Did Last Summer? I guess so. <laughs> News to me. How did they
1: put that together? I don't know.
0: That seems like a leap. Uh, have you Have you watched I Know What You Did Last Summer recently? I have never seen it ever. Oh, Wow. My son just watched it and said it was uh, bad and funny. Funny to watch because oh, okay. it's bad. I uh, I had I saw it back in the day. I think I saw it in the theater with uh, you know what's her name, Jennifer Love Hewitt. You went to the movie theater with Jennifer Love Hewitt? No, sir. I went. That's what you said. Uh, well, yes, but uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is in the movie. I saw the oh. movie with her in it. Anna's hospital ward is Ward Forty Two. I wondered I wondered that. I was like, what's this a reference to? Well, I'll tell you. In The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the number 42 is the, quote, answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything.
1: Oh, well, that's good to have that all consolidated into one number. one number. Executive producer Robert Singer joked at a convention that when the team reviewed the footage from the sex scene, they all remarked that something... Must have been going on because Sam and Ruby having sex was just too hot. God, it doesn't sound like Bob Singer, but uh,
0: I, I don't know, I could see him there.
1: Like, ah, I mean, I, but I think there's a Bob Singer version of that, yeah. but I feel like he didn't like so. We all thought, uh, what a smoke show, uh, <laughs> no,
0: that, right? Uh, right, right. No, it, <laughs> yeah, They're like, yeah, keep your pants on. <laughs> um, so uh, it's true, there was something going on because. They eventually got married, had three children, and still to this day... Three children? Yeah. All right. Uh, And his last name is Milton, which may be a reference to John Milton, who wrote Paradise Lost, the epic poem of Adam and Eve, Lucifer's demise, and the battle between heaven and hell.
1: There's also some debate that Milton may be a reference to Milton Burrow or Uncle Milty, Mr. Television, they called him, who was notorious for having a huge schwanz.
0: I'm so happy that you're hosting this podcast with me because it's you're really like keeping you're keeping alive the the old the old generation. You know what I mean? Makes you feel alive. Makes you feel young. Doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> it makes you feel young. Yeah. The number of actresses portraying the character Ruby expands to four in this episode with the additions of Anna Williams and Michelle Hewitt Williams. Unrelated.
1: Yeah, a lot of people playing Ruby. A
0: lot of rubies, just saying. A lot of rubies. A lot of rubies. Yeah.
1: Well, that was a heck of an episode, Robert. Uh, you were on fire. Yeah. I felt good about what I brought to the table, and overall, I think when we look back on this, and we'll go, well, that was certainly a episode of this podcast.
0: <laughs> I want to uh, give a special shout out and thank you to Julie McNiven, who was just uh, oh man, just lovely.
1: The, I mean, so good. And first of all, good in everything she does. Loved her in Mad Men. Loved her in uh, Doom Patrol. But she's so good in this role. She's and it, just a delightful human being. Yeah. I mean, just a wonderful person.
0: Hey, you know what else I wanted to say? I keep forgetting to say is Misha Collins' hair in these episodes is funny to me. Dude! Right?
1: I thought the same thing. Okay, a couple of things about the Misha Collins. The hair, I was like, I don't know what it is. It almost looks more 80s or something. Yeah, like, they it's like just bigger moosed,
0: They moose it up. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap it up, Rich. Let's do it, Robbie. I've
1: laughed myself silly. I think it's time to fold up the tent.
0: Well, this episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester, Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester, and Misha Collins as Castiel.
1: Winchester. Guest stars, and what a list of guest stars it is, include Robert Wisdom, Genevieve Cortese, Julie McNiven, Mark Ralston, and Gwyneth Walsh.
0: I Know What You Did Last Summer was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Charles Beeson. Editing by Nicole Baer. Music by Christopher Leonard. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The
1: original broadcast of this episode featured the following song. The Blues Won't Let Me Be by Left Hand Frank and his blues band. That sounds like
0: a band that you named as a joke. Yeah, I did. <laughs> this episode originally aired on November 13th, 2008. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Benedict.
1: Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Heda Holscher. And edited and associate
0: produced by Trey Booty.
3: Oh, what's it? Booty?
0: Music provided by Tim Wind. The episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media.
1: Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at SPN Then and Now.
0: Become a member of the podcast at world wide dot patreon dot com slash SPN Then and Now.
1: They should find a way to shorten worldwide. Oh, sorry.
0: www.patreon.com SVN then and now. Or, or if you're born in the last 30 years, just patreon.com SPN then and <laughs> now.
1: And in the future, you'll just go, paint, and it'll happen. You won't have to do anything. You'll just say it. That's right. Um, bye, everybody. I thought of a new good band name. You know, I keep my list of band names, yeah. and I thought of a I thought of a band name that makes me think of that. Here it is. You ready? Yeah. Shane Payne and the Frozen Shoulders. You're
0: welcome. <laughs> Seriously, Left Hand Frank and his Blues Band. I mean, that's
1: I know. It sounds like the Elastic Waistband or Phil Dill and the Pickles yeah, or Phil Dill. Hank Plank and the Two by Fours. All my great band names, and now i have added Shane Payne and the Frozen Shoulders to that list. There you go. That was magic, Robbie. Uh... You still got it, kid. <laughs> oh no. Ooh, I don't know
0: mercy uh Steve's funny Steve's just <laughs> Steve funny Landon. with Michael Landon she admits to them that she hears voices of angels who has heard them talking she what's the matter with you she well that
1: was a very complex summary well
0: look as I was reading the words they didn't make sense to me, but I knew they were words that made sentences
1: <laughs> damn right you did
0: um <laughs> Here are eight ways people have reported communicating with angels. Rich, where the hell are we? Oh, on the wrong. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> wrong. Episode. It's like clockwork, everybody. It's like clockwork. You know, it's like, like. I just What are you reading? I lay it up. You're just. I lay it up. and gibberish. It's like I pass on the ball, and he's like, "What the hell is this?"
1: Okay, there are eight ways that people have reported communicating. You know, with I already said angels. that. So You're right. you just Start with and one. Here's one of them. So here's here's. Rob, a, I'll start at the top. So it goes are like this.
0: It goes like this. Here are eight you ways can't... people have reported communicating with angels. Rich.
1: Eight of the Ways are on this page, and I will now start.
3: (laughs) Storymill Media.